Welcome to This Week Health Community. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Today, we have an interview in action from the 2023 fall conferences of Chime in San Antonio and Health in Las Vegas. And we want to thank our show sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. And they are Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Check them out at thisweekhealth.com. And here we go. Today, we have a special episode featuring three startups that went through the Cedar sinai Accelerator. This three-month program is based in LA and provides companies with funding and mentorship, access to Cedar staff, which is invaluable, and exposure to a broad network of entrepreneurs and investors. It is a phenomenal program. Love talking to these investors. Plus, I got to play around with some virtual reality headsets, which is always fun. And I look forward to sharing with you. Here are the three leaders sharing their startups and their innovative technologies. Here you go. All right, here we are, another interview in action from the floor at the Health 2022 conference in Las Vegas. And we are joined by Wendy Morgan with Shift, and we're going to talk VR. Wendy, welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. And you have the new one here. This is like the brand new virtual Well, this reality. is the That's... Quest 2. Yes. So there's another one that just came out, but we're... that one came out like a week ago. So, oh, wow. yeah. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about Shift and what are you guys are doing in healthcare? Yeah, so we use this very powerful tool to train nurses. So we're looking at the problem now of nurse onboarding and the turnover rates at an all-time high and growing. And so they need to bring in new nurses. And those new nurses are being asked to jump into a new role, a role they aren't experienced with, and their training isn't meeting the need. So they're leaving because they get burned out. From that. You, you talk about nurses like right out of school coming yeah. in? Yeah. So, so they that, get that's the target. Yeah, and then nurses just being onboarded. So I don't know if you're aware, but nurses in every state perform different procedures. So if you come from New York to California, you'll be asked to do a procedure you've never done before. And we are hearing from nurses that they go to YouTube to figure out how to do that. And that's a little scary as a patient. And so with using the virtual reality, because it's completely immersive, they can learn those skills very quickly. So why is YouTube scary? but immersive virtual reality, not scary. I just, by the way, I just got one of these for my birthday. Oh, congratulations. And spent some time in there, and I was giving a talk to a group of people, mm -hmm. and they were younger, about 20-somethings, whatever, and I was talking about the change in technology, and I told them, I said, look, I think you're all gonna have virtual reality, some aspect of virtual or augmented reality as part of your life in the next decade, and they Absolutely. laughed at me. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I." Look, I mean, it's it's immersive. It is what you do with Zoom. I think when in immersive, you can really be there yes. with the person and really feel like you're sitting across the table. Absolutely. What does that mean for nurse training? What does it look like and feel like? So, look, for example, you have a nurse who's trying to learn how to put in an IV, and now they're probably going to go through a PowerPoint. They might stick a needle in a mannequin, and then they go and need to do that on a person, a patient, and. So let's say the patient gets agitated or the family members do or there's a code and so now the nurse is distracted and stressed trying to perform this thing they've only performed in a static environment but in virtual reality we can put them doing 16 different technical skills all while other things are going on around them and they can stick the, the patient in VR wherever they want and there's no harm done so it's a safe to fail environment so they can do it over and over again so when they're with the actual patient and something goes awry 
there's not a blip on the radar, right? Their heart rate stays the same, they keep going because now they know how to do that really well. So shift, are you developing the world, the environment, or like the courses? What, I mean, in, in what are you developing this for them? All of it, so we do the, the world, because the important thing when you learn in virtual reality, it comes down to the nuances. So my background is in getting the most out of adult learners and understanding the, psycho the psychology of behavior change. And so if you want a nurse to focus on a particular skill set or a particular aspect of the patient care, there are things like lighting and texture that go into this, so that's part of it. But then we partner with universities and hospitals to make sure the content is gold standard. So the best in the industry, translated into the most effective tool in the industry, and then we make it available to nurses. So we are very much mission-driven and started the company to disrupt bias at the point of care. And so part of that is making sure training of this quality gets out to hospitals that don't have access to that. So. So these devices are already pretty inexpensive. Yes. I think that surprises people when I said the, the Quest 2 was 400 bucks. Yep. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. And you think about it, how many nurses can you train? How many can you put through? Thousands of hours on one headset. So it's, it's a very reasonable cost. And then, so we've done some studies that show that if we take 2% of a hospital's training and put it in VR, it'll save them $1.3 million a year. Just 2% of their training. That was my next question. What are the success stories and where have you seen the most progress with utilizing the headsets? I think primarily the nurses absolutely love it. And so, you know, when we go out and say, all of your nurses are going to enjoy taking the training and they're going to remember it and much better. And they laugh better. at you and then, and and then, then they, they, they put it on and they're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then we say, okay, also, not only that, your nurse onboarding is more enjoyable, they're more likely to stay because they're better prepared and they feel equipped to handle it. But then we've got the cost savings that goes on top of that. So that's very important. So where do you go from here? Where do you go, I mean, are, is there expansion beyond nurse training? Or? Well, there are 28 million nurses in the world, so we so don't necessarily to do. need to. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, you've got nurses that are working in hospitals and a lot of other settings, but when we're looking at the baby boomers aging out and the chronic illness on the rise, then home health is a huge growing industry, and so making sure that the nurses that go into homes have the just-in-time training that they need. So, you, you know, you carry this around as part of your kit and you encounter something that you're not familiar with, pop this on, 20 minutes later you know what you're doing. So that could be a place to go. Fantastic. Wendy, thank you for your time. Thank you really so much, it was a pleasure. All right, here we are, another interview in action from Health 2022, and we are here with Lauren Elliott with Candlelit. Tell us, well, by the way, welcome to the show. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Candlelit. So Candlelit is meant to be used as an intervention that offers moms color specifically, we're looking for screening, education, and coaching to help them journey through their pregnancy so they don't have to worry about their mental health going array while they're always wondering about all these other aspects of their pregnancy. So it's a really a, a way to keep everyone mentally well while they're pregnant or even thinking about having children or postpartum periods. So it's mental health during the pregnancy and post-pregnancy. What, what drew you to that challenge or that problem? So when I was pregnant with my oldest, I personally experienced postpartum depression and I didn't have an outlet at all. I wasn't screened, no one had asked. I had a traumatic birth and black women are more likely to have these traumas that surround their pregnancies and their births. And so that happened to me. I experienced postpartum depression. It took me a while to even seek therapy. And then once I did, I was like, this is amazing. Why didn't I, where were you like two years ago when I was postpartum? And that's when I got the idea for the company. 
And yeah, and, and I, it's been it's been really helpful to hear different stories from Black moms and just moms of moms in general who have struggled during their pregnancy, but like they were silent or no one asked, and they're like, oh wow, like I experienced the same thing. So it's been very nice to know that I'm not alone still to this day, and that I I wasn't alone all those years ago. So the stigma of seeking mental health, we saw the barriers really come down during the pandemic, but it still exists in pockets. I would say in certain subsets of populations, yeah. You know, like communities of color, for sure, there's still a stigma. It is waning, but there's in the, act, the lack of education and the lack of knowing like, that you have options, so you don't have to suffer, despite any of these sort of like different, like any family members letting you know that you can push through or persevere through certain things. It's nice to know that what you're experiencing isn't normal, but you don't have to stay there. Like it's normalizing the fact that everything's not gonna be okay, but there is help and there's a support. So it's really been an act of normalizing and also pioneering the connection between maternal health and mental health. All right, we're gonna be doing webinars a little different this year. I've talked to you a little bit about this. We got together with our advisors. They told us, hey, you gotta do them different. They're just not serving the community well. And we said, what do you want? They said, community-generated topics, great contributors, not product-driven. They want a, a more honest and open discussion. And they said, what we want is not no on-demand webinars. We want once-and-done type webinars on a consistent date and time. So every first Thursday of the month, our first one being January 5th, First Thursday of the month, 1 o'clock Eastern time, we are going to be doing a webinar. You can count on it. Put it on your calendar. Every first Thursday of the month at 1 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to do a webinar. The topics are going to be generated by the community, and we would love to have you there. Our first one, January 5th, priorities for 2023, a CIO discussion with Integrated Delivery Networks. February 2nd, we're going to come back with Academic Medical Center CIOs talking about their priorities. And then we're going to hit some of the other great topics that they've given us for the year. And we would love to have you join us again, thisweekhealth.com top right hand corner. It'll have our current webinar and our upcoming webinars. You can sign up right there. And if you miss it, it's not on demand anymore. So we would love to have you there. Make sure somebody from your team is there taking notes and bringing stuff back to your staff. So we hope that this works out. Any feedback, go ahead and send us a note. We would love to hear about it. So I'm going to switch hats and go to the VC side of it and say, tell me about the business. I mean, what is, is it services? Is there technology? Is there, I mean, where, what does it look so like? So we're offering virtual care as a, a main option right now, just for moms who may have, you name it, social determinants, but like transportation issues where they can't make it to their visits. So really wanting to be accessible to multiple moms who are going through multiple sort of things. So it's virtual care and we're looking more like a technical service these days. We so far have received a, 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 quite a few grants, non-dilutive grants, and we've gotten interest in any sort of like initiatives that are centering around health equity. So that's been really helpful to us. And as far as the business case, we're looking to sell it to health systems. To health really systems? Be, yeah, really be baked into health systems so that we can be introduced to mom as early as eight weeks and when she learns she's pregnant and also just kind of guide her through whether the pregnancy is it successful, is successful, and then all through uh, up to a year postpartum when we know that there's a, just a vulnerable period of having a mental health issue, having depression, experiencing anxiety, just letting her know that she's not alone at any of those points. Now I'm excited as VC because every health system is talking about health equities and they're also talking about mental health. I mean, so it's like, I would say it's, yeah, we're so right bake, at the intersection. <laughs> so baking it into the program. But what is what is your growth 
look like? I mean, you're part of the Cedars Accelerator. Yeah. So are you focused on the LA market or others? So we actually are piloting sort of a portion of our screening, our triage tool in the Indiana market. So we're in Fort Wayne, Indiana right now. And yes, we're looking to broaden or create a footprint in California as a state. We have really set our sights on being like regionally focused because we want to make sure that we capture moms who are insured through Medicaid and who are usually like underserved or their symptoms are underdiagnosed and undetected. We really want to speak to moms who are not being heard or not having any sort of access to this sort of support to date. So yes, we are willing to help moms in, in every sort of pocket of the country, but really where we're seeing disparities the highest. So last question, who's the person you want to talk to at a health system and what's the conversation you want to have? The chief patient experience officer. Okay. I would say we, I think we're very aligned with increasing patient satisfaction, patient engagement, overall care delivery that wants to be driven or sort of like channeled through health equity. So I think those are the folks we want to be speaking with, chief patient and experience officers, chief diversity inclusion officers, and even maybe chief nursing officers who want to have their nurses be more culturally competent, culturally sensitive, because we know nurses are huge partners sort of in the effort to helping moms go through these sorts of emotions when they're actually going through the prenatal stage or even postpartum. So I lied, the name? Yeah. <laughs> so what's the story behind the name? Yeah, so Candlelit. So it's off of a quote that is, a candle never loses its flame by lighting another. So it's really meant to be symbolic of the fact that I'm a mom, I'm looking to help other moms, so they don't experience what I experience of not being screened, kind of just falling through the cracks. So it's very symbolic of that, and it's literal. And then off the fact that whenever you're pregnant, you're always being told you're glowing. So it's, it's all encompassing of those, of those, that's, those sort of uh, definitions. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Lauren, thank you. Great to meet you, Bill. Thank Appreciate you for it. having me. <laughs> all right, here we are for another interview in action. We're here from Health 2022, and we are here in the Cedar sinai Accelerator area, and we are talking with Keys Jansen. That's correct. And, uh, right, with Syntho. Yep, that's correct. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about Synto. What it is that you guys do? Yeah. Yeah, so my name is Wimkes Jansen, founder and CEO of Synto. And we really see that we are in the middle of the digital revolution and data-driven solutions like software, business intelligence, and artificial intelligence are about to change our entire world. But those data-driven solutions are only as good as the data that they can utilize. And yeah, this is challenging because a lot of data, 50% of the data is locked due to strict privacy regulations. And especially in healthcare, it's challenging because healthcare data is the most privacy-sensitive data with even stricter privacy regulations. And yeah, hence we are on a mission to make sure that yeah, organizations that build needs and have an ambition to realize data-driven innovation have access to the data they need to, to actually build and deliver them. So well, how would you define the problem that you're solving for healthcare? So as a CIO, yeah. what's the problem you're going to solve for me? So the, the problem is that healthcare data is privacy sensitive, therefore that data cannot simply be used, shared, and therefore yeah, organizations miss data opportunities and cannot realize data-driven innovation. So is it the fact that the data is in silos? Is it the fact that I, if I'm going to utilize it, I need to secure it? And how are you securing it? Yeah. yeah, so both. So data silos, internally, externally, takes a lot of time, paperwork, effort, and we really aim to unlock that data with our platform. We do that with so-called AI-generated synthetic data. So how does it work? We have a synthetic data generation platform. By the use of artificial intelligence, it learns all statistics, patterns, and relationships that are in the original data. And then the platform is able to completely 
generate completely new and artificially generated data points. So it's fake data, and therefore we do not have privacy risk because individuals simply do not exist anymore. But, but it's based on my data. Yeah, but my that's, uh, yeah, the key difference is we model that new data in such a way uh, that we reproduce the same statistics, patterns, and relationships in the synthetic data. So we basically generate a synthetic data twin that is statistically identical to the original data, so you can do analytics on it while it is based on fake data. So yeah, yeah that's the that's, so that's so how we we'll no look at de-identifying it because yeah, yeah, it's basically a new way to de-identify data in a way that it's still suitable for for analytics. That's really interesting. So who would you have a uh, conversation with like at a health system? Like who's your target conversation and what's the conversation you yeah. want to have? Yeah, so Sinto is based in, in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. We serve customers in Europe, Japan, and the US. Typically we work with the teams that work with the, the data, the data science teams. So typically we talk to the data scientist or the head of the data science teams. And within a healthcare system, we focus on hospitals. And for hospitals, it is typically around research and the electronic health record system. Within pharma, it's typically around clinical trials. And within health tech organizations, it's typically around data sharing, making data available. So around the world, the success stories at this point? Yeah, so we work, of course, with CEDAR Sinai on yeah, making sure that the research team, team have access to the data that they need to do research, build new solutions, deliver and uh, explore new data opportunities to, of course, improve healthcare, because that's, of course, the end goal. So I think that's an important success story. Yeah, and I think the fact that we are now in the middle of internationalization, we have, of course, many customers in Europe, and we are now making the step to the United States. That's why we're also here, to really learn and share how we add value in healthcare. It's interesting, because when I talk to data teams and I talk to CIOs, they're talking to me about these national data models are not what they need. What they need yeah. is local data models. Yeah. And what you're saying is essentially you're going to come into the health system, you're going to look at that data model, you're going to create digital twins around that data set yeah. that they can then utilize for research. So it will absolutely mirror yeah. the populations that they have in those communities. Exactly, yeah, our synthetic data really mimics, mirrors the original data. And yeah, that allows that local data can be shared, utilized by, yeah, by many more organizations uh, that actually need the data. Because yeah, without data, it's difficult to build data solutions. Fantastic. Love the solution. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks, and hope inspired you all. Appreciate it. Another great interview. I want to thank everybody who spent time with us at the conferences. I love hearing from people on the front lines, and it is phenomenal that they have taken the time to share their wisdom and experience with the community which is greatly appreciated. We also want to thank our channel sponsors one more time who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. They are Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Medigate, and F5. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.